Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short, so glad to have you along with us today as we get in the Word of God, talk about it, and allow it to transform the way we think. Today's a really important message, particularly if you ever have a chance to be teaching people. We all do. We all have someone we're teaching. It might be at work. It might be at school. It's certainly in your family. And some of you have the responsibility of teaching in the church, and that's who I want to focus on today. But the, what the principle I'm going to talk about here re- applies to any time you're ever trying to teach anyone anything. So a special welcome to you on this Valentine's Day. And let me remind you, on this day, never forget that God loves you. You're loved by Him, and I'm so glad to have you along. I love you too. So glad you're here. If you're new, a special welcome to you. Paul, we're in the book of Philippians. And Paul is halfway through the book, and he starts it like many a pastor does. Halfway through, he starts this next verse, chapter 3, verse 1, finally. Well, it's really not going to end. He's, only, he's still got half the letter to go. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord, he says. To write the same things again is no trouble to me, and it's a safeguard for you. I'd like to talk about this second part of this verse. To write the same thing again, things again is no trouble for me, and it's a safeguard for you. One of the temptations or problems pastors have is to teach week after week after week, and dare I say it's a temptation I have coming here teaching day after day after day. And to always feel like you've got to come up with something new. You don't want to be repeating yourself. If you repeat yourself, you're afraid you won't be interesting. You might be boring. People say, oh, yeah, I've already heard that, and they'll tune you out. And they'll go on to something here on online. They'll just flip to something else. In church, if they're sitting there and they've already heard it, yeah, they just think you'll be tuned out. And so the temptation is to want to always come up with something new. Now, the the problem with this, obviously, is we're teaching from a book that's 2,000 years old that's been scrutinized, exposited, examined, commentaries written on it. Every word has been uh, by thousands of people looked into the Greek and the Hebrew, etc. And how do you come up with something new when you're talking about something like that? As I say in my thumbnail here, I was born too late to be original. And the, the thing is this, this tendency to want to always find or say, see, say or hear something new, it's not new. It's not just with us. We're in the information age. We've got the social media like never before, where we're always wanting to what happened and what's the latest and what's breaking news and what's changed in the last five minutes. But it was a problem even before we had the internet. As a matter of fact, way back in the book of uh, Acts, when Paul was in Athens, it says this. It says, now the Athenians and the strangers visiting there used to spend their time in nothing other than telling or hearing something new. That's right. So it must be more than the social media. It must be human nature. And indeed, social media and our thirst to find something new, something original, something hasn't been said, something that's happened. We'll keep up on the latest news, not just what happened this week or today, but what's happened in the last few minutes. 
is it must be a, an aspect of human nature that social media has exploited rather than that human nature has or that social media has developed. They just wanted to know something new, and they they would like to hear it. They always wanted to be kept up to date. Timothy or Paul writes to Timothy in a similar vein when he says that that these people he's talking about the end days, but he said that people would always be people would be always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, what an interesting insight there. Always learning, always getting something new, always discovering something they didn't already know, but not really coming to the knowledge of the truth. I think all of us need to realize that in our day of with the addiction of social media and the the um, the how common it is, and I'm I'm on social media. I I read things too. I don't want to imply that I don't, but sometimes the the challenge that I I feel the Spirit gives me, sometimes the conviction I'm under, is as interesting and and entertaining as social media is. The deeper truths of life seem to be more timeless. The Bible, obviously, the Bible. You're not going to get something new. The Bible's not going to add anything to it. The Bible's been around, it's completed, the Word of God is completed, we're not going to be adding to it. We can understand it more in detail, more depth, more insights, but the truth is, the key thing is the truth is there, and it's usually fairly simple, and the the need is not to understand something new as much as to really apply what we understand, and to let it go deep within our soul. As Scripture says, Psalm 51.6, God desires truth in the innermost being. He doesn't just want a lot of surface knowledge floating through our brain, but deep within our soul. Now, repetition. Paul said to remind you, to say it again, is okay. My wife often reminds me, you know, I I sometimes talk about, well, have I taught on this or have I said this before? And she will remind me by saying, if it's worth saying, it's worth repeating. Now, she got that from someone else. And like I said, she reminds me. She told me that once before, and yet she says it again, and I say it again, and I've picked up that phrase. If it's worth saying, it's worth repeating. And look, I just said it twice right there. We don't always have to come up with something new. We, what we need to do is get it deep within us. And to have that happen, repetition is necessary. And indeed, if I'm always trying to think of how to say it uh, or how to, how to say something I haven't said before— that's going to lead to a surface level, a shallow Christianity rather than a depth. Indeed, I don't know about you, but I'd rather know fewer things and really have them deep within my soul applied, believed, applied, obeyed, than to know a lot of stuff that's just floating around out there and not really anchoring in my soul. Repetition. Repetition, repetition. That's how we learn. John Wooden, the legendary basketball coach from UCLA, who you know won what ten national championships in twelve years, probably the greatest coach ever. He said this: the eight laws of learning are explanation, demonstration, imitation, repetition, 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 repetition. How interesting that is. I know that's how you learn something. You learn that physically, that if you're going to play an instrument, that's what you learn. If you're going to learn basketball, 
I know I used to coach youth basketball, and I would I'd teach a, a, a player a move, something with footwork. I'd say, if you get this footwork down, you'll be able to beat your opponent every time, drive right by him. And I'd tell him to go home, or this shooting, or this shot, or something. And I'd say, go home and practice this 100 times a day, every day for a week. And when you come back, you'll, be, you'll have learned it. You'll be much better, and it'll happen instinctively. Well, most of these kids, they'd go home, and they would practice the move two or three times, four times, maybe five, and they'd say, I've got it down, and they that's it. And they never learned how to do it in a game. It didn't never became instinctive. It never became part of who they were. But others would take my advice, and they'd go home and over and over and over. They'd practice it day after day, a hundred times a day. And when the game situation presented itself, it just happened. It was instinctive. That's what learning is like. That's what we need to do. Where the where the event that's in sports, we act that way, but in life we think that way. When the temptation comes up, when the when the fork in the road comes up, when the problem comes up, that if it if we've repeated it in our mind, in our in our faith, in our prayers over and over, and we've learned it, it happens instinctively. No shallow Christianity here. That's where it's part of our life. Zig Ziglar, motivational speaker, salesman, said this, repetition is the mother of learning, the father of action, which makes it the architect of accomplishment. The mother, so you learn it, you develop the action, and that's what makes you successful. That's what makes it happen and become part of your life. Repetition, repetition, repetition. So why don't we do it more? I mean, you do it when you're learning your math tables. You do it in, in uh, learning a skill, sports. Why don't we as pastors teach the same thing over and over and again? Why do we feel we have to say it new, differently? Why? Why? Well, I think this, this quote that I discovered last night as I was look, studying this, repetition may not entertain, but it teaches. Frederick Bastiat. Now, listen, here comes the goal. If you're a teacher, if you're a pastor, if you're a parent, if you're trying to uh, help people learn and grow, here's the question. Do you just want to entertain them or do you want to teach them? Like I said, this is a temptation right here on this channel. I know, you know, if I'm not entertaining, if I talk too long, if I'm not boring, the channel's not going to grow and you just have a small audience and people stop watching and you lose people. So it's the challenge of what's the goal? The goal is to help you be a better Christian. The goal is to help you be a better disciple. The goal is to help you be a doer of the word of God. The goal is not just to entertain you and make you have some fun each day and maybe laugh or something like that. Nothing wrong with those things unless that becomes the goal and you lose sight of the fact that the goal, the purpose is to teach. As James said this, Prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. That's what so many people, we hear the word, we hear the word, we hear the word, and we always need to hear something new and rather than hearing the repetition that drives it deep in our soul. So we truly believe it and we truly embrace it and, we, and, and it becomes second nature to who we are so that when the, the situation comes, we naturally think it because it's been, it's been deep, driven deeply into our soul. That's our goal. That's our goal when we are teaching and learning the Bible, not just to be entertained, not to just hear something new, not to just have something to laugh at, but to be a serious disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen? So how do you keep your messages interesting? 
I was looking for the author of this quote, and I couldn't find him online. I searched around last night, couldn't find him. But I want to say that for me, what I, if you want to pray for my speaking, here's what I hope for. And this is, it's this quote I'd heard years ago. Keep it simple. Say it often. Make it burn. Keep it simple. You don't have to find new complex things about the Bible. You don't have to find something that no one else has ever heard before. You don't have to find that thing that's not obvious. The truths we need to learn, they're pretty obvious. We need to grow in faith. We need to grow in love. We need to be humble. We need to be serving. We need to share the gospel. We need to preach Jesus Christ. We need to share what Christ did on the cross, preach the resurrection. These are pretty simple things. We don't have to come up with some hidden hidden knowledge there that nobody else knows about, and I've got it for you. That's not the answer. The truths are simple. Keep it simple. Say it often. Repeat it. And when you say it, speak it with enthusiasm. Speak it like you believe it. Speak it with conviction. That's how you move from, that's how you keep people's attention. Not by, I got a new story and I'll make you laugh. You say it often. You keep it simple. You say it often. You make it burn. It's true. This is what's life-changing. These are the, the knowledge of the truth that will change lives and change it for eternity. Amen? Hey, let's pray about it. Oh, Father in heaven, we thank you for the holy word of God. We thank you for the promises that it will make our lives like a tree planted by streams of water. It will make us fruitful in our season. Well, even in times of drought, our leaf won't wither. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the truths that, that build our lives, the truths that make us strong and mighty and fruitful and effective, adequate for every good deed, the truths that that if they're deep in our soul, will enable us to stand firm and strong in difficult times because we're standing on a rock and we're not shaken off in the storms and winds and floods come. So, Father, I pray for us that we would be people who embrace your truth, who repeat it over and over and over, who never get tired of sharing the gospel, who never get tired of declaring that Jesus is the Lord who died for our sins and rose again, never get tired of declaring our salvation, and who let that those truths go deep within our soul, always deeper, deeper, deeper. I pray for this, Lord. I pray for the pastors in our churches, the pastors who listen on this live stream, come here regularly. Lord, help us to not yield to the temptation. I've got to say it new and different, like they've got to hear something brand new, like the Athenians were searching for. It's so true in our culture, Lord. People are always looking for something new and different, like the magic key to make my life different. When the truth is standing right there before our eyes day by day, we just need to accept it, believe it, embrace it, and obey it. So I pray for the pastors that they would speak these, they'd be willing to repeat your truth with keeping it simple, saying it often, making it burn. And I ask in Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Okay, folks, God bless you. So glad to have you along. I tell you, I love the scriptures. I love the simplicity of it. We come here every day. We do say it often. And there are times I will repeat myself. And I hope and I trust that the repetition get, drives it deep into your soul. So glad you come here. If you're new, a special welcome to you. I hope you'll subscribe to the channel, like the video on your way out, share it with your friends, and, uh, and, and post on your social media. If you're here every day, you know I love you. So glad to have you along. So glad you make it a priority to come here. 
and let me be sowing the seed of God's word into your soul. I know it's going to bear fruit 30, 60, 100 fold because I'm sowing it on good soil. That's you. God bless you. Have a wonderful Valentine's Day. Never forget, God loves you. And it never hurts to say it again and again and again. God bless you. Bye-bye.